0: This program is made possible by the members and donors to the show. For details, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from markfiore.com, Dan Savage, The David Pakman Show, The Young Turks, The Tom Hartman Program, Throwing Shade, and The Majority Report.
1: Dog boy! Dog boy! Yes, Mr. Dan? Did you hear about the Supreme Court? They're poised to stop gay marriage once and for all.
2: Oh, you mean and just make it regular old marriage. I heard. No,
1: they've got the chance to make it all go away.
2: Make what go away?
1: Marriage by lesbians and the gayly inclined.
2: Um, I don't think that's really what they... Of
1: course it is. The courts turned conservative, and conservative means traditional values.
2: Like long-term commitment, vows, family... Stability and love No matter who
1: That's conservative, not gay
2: But that's what they want No,
1: gays dance all night long and are promiscuous
2: Um, except for the ones who want to settle down With the one they love for the rest of their lives
1: No, that sort of traditional marriage Threatens traditional marriage Tradition threatens tradition? Stop it, dog boy It's about conservative values Republican values
2: I know, like Rob Portman He's the latest Republican to
1: support gay marriage. No, that's just because his son is gay.
2: Colin Powell supports gay marriage.
1: (coughs) He's hardly Republican. Plus, he's...
2: he's... Um, retired? Yeah. Oh, Laura Bush. She's for gay marriage.
1: Well, She's the first lady. I'm talking about real red-blooded Republicans. Like Dick Cheney. Uh, No, he's great, but he's for gay marriage because his daughter's gay. Come on, dog boy. Oh, Paul Wolfowitz. Uh, Must be a rhino. Doesn't count. Clint Eastwood. Uh, An anomaly. He's Hollywood.
2: Oh, oh, the 208 state Republican lawmakers who voted to legalize same sex marriage in 13 states? (laughs) Woo, I hope your big tent has an aid station, Mr. Dan. Mr. Dan? Love hurts, huh, Mr. Dan?
1: Come on, come on. All I'm done. Your money leave with none. Here's salvation. Come repent,
2: save your soul. Need this tent Clap your hands. Clap your, your, hands. Hands. Clap your, your hands. Clap your hands.
1: Clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands. Clap your hands.
3: Ken Cuccinelli. Ken Cuccinelli is Virginia's Attorney General. He's an anti-gay bigot of the First Order. He opposes and helps to block adoptions by same-sex couples in Virginia. Virginia is a really terrible place to be a gay or lesbian person uh, or to be a gay or lesbian couple. Virginia has an anti-gay marriage amendment on its books that is the most draconian in the country. It not only bans same-sex marriage, but also domestic partnerships, also any recognition by the state of anything, any device, any effort to create marriage-like rights for same-sex couples, which means in Virginia, a same-sex couple can't have a will. Because what does a will do? Where one person leaves their belongings to their same-sex partner, it it attempts to create some of the incidents of marriage. And in Virginia, a same-sex couple literally can't leave each other their shit in a will because the state will not recognize or enforce that. Jonathan Roche, who is not uh, a ranter like me, he's a very sensible, sane, and conservative gay writer, has pointed out that there's only one other class of citizen in the history of the state of Virginia who couldn't enter into private contracts with other adults, and those were, of course, slaves. Anyway, Ken Cuccinelli is in the news. He's Virginia's attorney general. He's running for the governor of Virginia, and he is asking the courts to reinstate Virginia's sodomy law, which was struck down in the wake of the Lawrence v. Texas decision by the United States Supreme Court that struck down our remaining sodomy laws all across the country that not only criminalized gay sex but also straight sex. Straight people, you are sodomites, too. If you're not putting a penis in a vagina without a barrier, you are Committing sodomy. Straight oral is sodomy. Straight anal is sodomy. Anything that isn't penis in vagina and open to procreation technically, legally, is sodomy. And Ken Cuccinelli wants the courts to reinstate Virginia's crimes against nature law. In the case where this guy, straight guy, was soliciting oral sex from a teenage girl, which violated the law, broke the law, and he was convicted... But Ken Cuccinelli also wants to convict him of the Crimes Against Nature statute. So he wants their sodomy law reinstated. And he's saying, oh, this isn't about, you know, attacking gay people. This is, you know, here's this case we have before us with a straight guy who is soliciting sex from teenage girls. And we want to go after him. And for that reason, just to get that guy, just to get that one straight guy, we want our sodomy law back. And then we have to trust... Ken Cuccinelli and the rabidly anti-gay state of Virginia, once they have their sodomy law back, that they're not going to go after same-sex couples. Yeah, right, Ken Cuccinelli. Anyway, this is what's going on in Virginia. We're in an interesting place. You've got the head of the Republican Party saying, we've got to do more outreach to different kinds of people. We've got to be nicer to gay people. But then you have the knuckle-dragging right-wing bigot aspect of the Republican Party, also known as the vast and overwhelming majority of the Republican Party, showing their true colors at every turn, comparing gay relationships to child rape and horse fucking, which more than one Republican elected official did this week on Fox News, because two people who are adults and can consent to sex, having consensual sex, is just the same as Namble. It's just the same as ass raping a seven-year-old, right? Right? And now you have Ken Cuccinelli, who cannot be trusted on gay issues, who, as Attorney General in Virginia, told Virginia's universities that they may not have policies that protect the rights of sexual minorities on their campuses or in their schools. It had violated state law. Ken Cuccinelli, this motherfucker, this asshole, he wants Virginia's crimes against nature statutes back. And we just have to trust him. And it's not anti-gay, because he's against sodomy whether you're gay or straight, Right. And gay or straight people can commit acts of sodomy, but only straight people have the option of non-sodomy sex. A, A sodomy law that is fair to gay people and straight people that makes sodomy illegal for everybody leaves nothing for gay people. All we can do is sodomy, but straight people have the option of vaginal and the option of lying. If the police kick in your door in Virginia and you're a man and a woman... You can say, oh, your honor, I just tripped and fell on my way to missionary position vaginal intercourse and landed face first in her pussy, but I was just about to leap up and stick my dick in her where God intended my dick to go. But if you're a same-sex couple and the police kick in your door, you can't say, Whoa, well, you know, we were just about to have vaginal intercourse. There's a vagina in here somewhere. We were just digging around in the sheets looking for it. It is inherently anti-gay to even propose reviving anti-sodomy laws. Ken Cuccinelli... When you're the motherfucker trying to do it, yeah, we're going to perceive this as an attack. And Cuccinelli is a last name. It's got cooch in it. It's just a last name that's not very common, and it sounds a little vaguely dirty anyway. And it could get the Santorum treatment, I'm thinking. there could. It should probably mean something sexual and dirty. Cuccinelli. What would a Cuccinelli be? I don't know. I'm drawn a black. I'm not the one who came up with the definition of Santorum. My readers came up with the definition of Santorum. The frothy mix of blue and fecal matter that's sometimes a byproduct of anal sex. Maybe one of you can come up with the definition for Cuccinelli.
4: Madness is what you demonstrate And that's exactly how anger works and operates Man, you gotta have love This to set it straight Take a of your mind and meditate Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all People killing, people dying Children hurt and you crying Then you'll practice what you preach
2: And won't you turn the other cheek Father, Father, Father
5: The Montana House has endorsed a measure to decriminalize gay sex. The Montana House voted decisively to repeal the Montana law, which makes gay sex a crime. And this now puts the bill one step away from the governor's desk. It is 2013, by the way. I just want to mention that this is not. You would think that this was a headline from, I don't know, not 2013, but it's not. And there was a half hour of debate, and the final vote was 64 to 36 to repeal, to decriminalize gay sex, Senate Bill 107, it didn't really pass by that much. Only by 2 to 1, more than a third of the the voters thought, you know what, it should be illegal to have sex with someone of the same gender as you. That's where they're at. So is this progress, or is the fact that 36 people thought that that should still be the case show us how backwards things are?
0: Well, we know things are backwards in in a lot of places, but... uh... You know, I, I, I guess at least
5: this is this is something somewhat good. Here's the really funny thing about this: there was there's a 1997 decision from the Montana Supreme Court, court which had already declared unconstitutional the criminalizing of gay sex, and as a result, Montana has not enforced it. Right, prosecutors have not prosecuted anybody for gay sex so it's it's already been determined to be unconstitutional but they've been trying to repeal the law just to get it off the books and that hasn't worked now it finally has but remember thirty six members of the house mostly small government conservatives voted for an unconstitutional law and when i say unconstitutional i don't mean in my opinion, unconstitutional. The Montana Supreme Court has said this is unconstitutional. A law that they can't even legally enforce. It's a law they can't legally enforce. They're still not okay with decriminalizing gay sex. I thought they were obsessed with the Constitution in Yeah, I thought so too. What, I think what's funny about this is that if you actually met some of those 36 reps that voted against repealing this, you would probably be surprised that they're not all just like crazy netballs who say crazy things about, Homosexuality. Some of them are probably just like you know, small town folk. They're like, yeah, you know, it's just what the Lord says. You know, <laughs> it's, I have nothing against anybody. You know, it just you would get that in addition to the crazy nutballs who are very bigoted. Right. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, well there you
5: go. Uh, uh, Montana coming to the 1950s, I guess. But they're being dragged kicking and screaming, I must say. Putting up, uh, fighting the good fight. (laughs) Yeah, they're really putting up quite a fight. Under protest, they have decriminalized gay sex uh, to correspond with the Constitution.
0: show to continue and continue to improve. Thanks so much for your support.
6: Old Pat Buchanan's back, and he's decided, you know what, um, I just didn't spread enough hate in my lifetime, so let me have at it again. Uh, he uh, goes to World Night Daily to write this uh, fascinating uh, article about how uh, there has to be civil disobedience. Or he's saying there doesn't have to be, but there could be to make sure that gay people do not get their rights. So what's fascinating is he uses black pastors and Martin Luther King as part of his argument. Well, let's find out how. When Martin Luther King Jr. called on the nation to live up to the meaning of its creed, he heard an echo from a thousand pulpits. Treating black folks decently was consistent with what Christians had been taught. Dr. King was pushing against an open door. Now, that is total and utter bullshit. Okay. The reality is, in the South, they often used the Bible to justify slavery back in the day, and then to justify oppressing black people for another hundred years. And they said, look, if you look at the Bible, there's slavery all over the Bible, which is true. And dark-skinned people are treated differently. Look at the story of Ham and all these different justifications that they had. They used Christianity for that oppression all the time. Was it wasn't like... The Christian pastors in the South all along had been like, God, we really got to get rid of slavery. Some, but not most. So, all this revisionist history of like, well, us Christians, of course, us white Christians, we were always in favor of giving more rights to black people. My ass, you were. You were picking on them before you got to the gays. Now that you can't pick on black people as much anymore, that's why you moved out of the gays. But nonetheless, Pat Buchanan continues with his particular brand of bullshit. He says, priests and pastors marched for civil rights. Others preached for civil rights. But if the gay rights agenda is imposed, we could have priests and pastors preaching not acceptance, but principled rejection. Now, look, were there priests and pastors that marched for civil rights? Absolutely. One particular preacher was named Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., right? Now, if you're trying to appropriate his name, though, and say that he would have been against civil rights for gay people. Well, that's just nowhere near true. And of course, it's that exactly the kind of misappropriation that the Republicans and conservatives do all the time. Like we're all—we don't care about the color of your skin. We care about the content of your character. Martin Luther King Jr. would have been on our side, really. He would have been on the side of Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, and Pat Buchanan. <laughs> I don't think you know a thing about Martin Luther King Jr. Continuing, prelates could be declaring from uh, pulpits everywhere that the triumph of gay rights is a defeat for God's country, and the new laws are immoral and need neither be respected nor obeyed. That's great. So, in the old days when they did civil disobedience, they were willing to have the courage of their convictions, get water hosed, you know, attacked by wild dogs, etc., so that they could get their rights. This guy is advocating civil disobedience to take away other people's rights. <laughs> wow, what a moral crusade you've got in God's country. Uh, something akin to this could be in the cards, he says, if homosexual rights movement is victorious. A public rejection of the new laws by millions and a refusal by many to respect or obey them. By the way, there is one thing he's right about. The civil disobedience in the old days everybody thought it was martin luther king jr in the civil rights movement and it was actually a little wrong and martin luther king would often talk about this in his speeches they had the law on their side they were right the supreme court had ruled in their favor congress had passed the civil rights act in the middle of the movement they would be up against local officials who were actually doing the civil disobedience by continuing segregation by attacking black protesters it was actually the local sheriffs and the cops that were doing the civil disobedience so pat buchanan is ironically wants to go back to that era and is saying to millions of americans ah... if the laws say we can't discriminate against gays let's go back to the good old days when we ignored the law and crushed people's civil rights anyway we used to do it to blacks now let's do it to gays Always classy, Pat. Always classy. Finally, he says, The culture war in America today may be seen as squabbles in a daycare center compared to what is coming. A new era of civil disobedience may be at hand. Meaning, go get him, man. Do whatever you want to gays. You certainly shouldn't respect the law. What happened? I thought you conservatives were all for rule of law. Unless, of course, the law is against you in which you say, Ah, eh, screw the law. Let's continue our hatred of certain Americans anyway. God, we're running out of Americans to hate. I mean, if they don't let us hate gays, who are we going to be left with? That's what Pat Buchanan is saying. And his fantasy about millions of people doing civil disobedience to make sure that they prevent gay rights is nothing but that. That's not going to happen. You're on the wrong side of history, as usual, Pat Buchanan. You're going to lose. You're going to get crushed. There's not going to be a million people behind you. There's going to be nobody behind you. You're, you're one of the vestiges of ancient hatreds, the ones that we are defeating right now.
2: And I can't change. Even if I tried. Even if I wanted to.
7: gay i would think hip-hop hates me have you read the youtube comments lately man that's gay gets dropped on the daily we become so known to what we're saying
8: josh in charlotte north carolina let's stand serious hey josh what's up
7: oh good afternoon uh, i think you were dead on about the uh, homophobia industry mm-hmm. but my, to being gay myself I've seen it all the way back to when I can remember Anita Bryant and all that. Yeah. But the thing is, it's whatever is politically or or financially expedient for these people. It's if uh, like take take uh, Fred, Fred Phelps at the what is it the Westboro Baptist Church? Right. The only time he gets any any attention is when he when he has his people out with God hates fags and right. and protesting the funerals of servicemen, so on and so forth. And, of course, it's just another brand of snake
8: oil. You know, somebody, Josh, I don't disagree with you. I think that there is a homophobia industry, and I think that there are some people who just, like, literally make a living off it. But the other day, somebody asked Fred Phelps if he himself had any um uh you know gay thoughts towards other men if he if he had ever found other men attractive, and he went nuts, he went absolutely ballistic and I think that there are and 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 I think this is dying out, but I think you know, this is a generational thing, but I think that there are some people like Fred Phelps who probably actually was born gay and repressed it so hard and pushed it down so deep that he spends his whole life obsessing about homosexuality because he's gay and yet he can't acknowledge it and so he's got to fight it does that make sense to you
7: uh... it makes sense that you might have a lawsuit on your hands. <laughs>
5: what from fred
7: uh, from fred oh that would be it's great it's just whatever flavor of the day whatever boogeyman yeah. is there you, we must fight the boogeyman together therefore you must line the collection plates so we'll have the resources to do so
9: Well so have you heard of so now the National Organization of Marriage who are now yeah NOM
10: Oh NOM. Sure
9: but um they ...are freaking out.
10: They do not like it?
9: They don't like it. They're grasping at straws. This is a very... They call themselves pro-family, but, like, I mean, let's get with it. They're anti-gay.
10: Can I do a little, like, a radio play of what happened with their paperwork when they got the news? Please. Okay, so tell me that Minnesota passed...
9: Minnesota just passed gay marriage. That's
10: Call! Yeah. Get me the phone. Yeah, that's what happened. That's
9: exactly who did she call? That's what I who want to know. Carla. <laughs> she
10: called. She have a, see what they have is they have like a because they're kind of old people
3: yeah.
10: and, and super white, and they don't really get it. So they what they do is they have a phone list, and they just dial four six two, and then it dials everyone in Nam.
9: Oh, okay. Yeah, in Nam. Nam or in Vietnam. No. Vietnam.
10: Oh, I'm sorry. I did a Minnesota pronunciation. Yeah. Oh, that's that is funny. Yeah.
9: The, in Minnesota, where they pronounce O's like uh, as. That's right. Like, you know it. Yeah, like, exactly.
10: So, so they call, they get everyone on a party line. And right. then they just, they all talk at once. It's very chaotic.
9: That sounds awful, but I am glad I asked the question of you. So, if you heard, you have heard, because we work at Funny or Die, there's this video called Gays Beware. Beware, I guess. Yeah,
10: that Lauren Palmagino Lauren wrote. wrote, a friend
9: of ours. And it's with Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and not Mick Ryan, the other one, Brad, from It's a Brad, Brad World. Yeah. And, um... He, so the two of them did, and George uh, Takei, and they all... Is it
10: Takei or Takai? You
9: know, I knew you were going to ask me. I think it's Takei. I think it's I think Takei.
10: you're right. He says it's Takei. Because yeah. I remember him saying it, and I was like, I think you're wrong, George Takai.
9: Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, so, this is an internet video. It, it went viral. It's very funny. Um, it's a mo- sort of a mock of this PSA that came out a very long time ago called Boys Beware. It came out in 1961 and it was a propaganda film about like predatory homosexuals.
10: And who made that film?
9: God. I, I don't even know. God it made like- it? God made it exactly, but it basically. God was very
10: conservative in the '60s. Yes,
9: it was like it was like for boys to watch out because gay people are quote sick and mentally ill and uh, p- sort of p- portraying them as child molesters and pedophiles and all this kind of thing. Yikes. Oh, what about the,
10: lesbians though?
9: Uh, there's a separate one for lesbians.
10: Oh, really? Yeah,
9: but at the end of the at boys beware, a, a boy is killed in the film. Uh, having traded his life, quote, for a newspaper headline, because he, like, I guess thinks he might want to be gay, but then he dies, quickly.
10: Cool. cool. That's an awful way to end anything.
9: Exactly. So, anyway, that's what the video was parodying, and basically the idea was there was this guy who was trying to harm society by not supporting gay marriage. That was the funnier or Die video. Nam went crazy and sent an email out to... All of their subscribers, and it just in my head, I'm like, "You are now so desperate." Oh, they
10: have email now. Yeah, oh. they do
9: have email now. But you are now so desperate that you are latching onto an internet video as a scare tactic.
10: Yeah, like, that reached like that reached like okay. Let's how many got people, half a million views? How many people are in the world? How, about about
9: six hundred thousand. So
10: and then so we probably have like forty thousand in the state? Yeah. So really, it didn't. I mean. To to that's that's really like they're they're losing their grasp.
9: Oh yeah, so they sent out this email,
10: not De- to say that the video isn't good. I'm just oh saying the video's like-
9: fantastic. It's just yes, but but like to to attack an internet video and to send that out is like a big- they sent
10: the video. No, they sent it still.
9: It's pathetic. Exactly, dear marriage supporter. This is what they sent out
10: to. I'm her. a marriage supporter.
9: Exactly. So am I. That includes you know people who support any kind of marriage, I guess. But you'd be wrong, dear marriage supporter. Name calling is wrong. Don't stereotype and make unfair generalizations.
10: It's, oh, I already hate. E- look in the fucking man uh, oh, well, in the get mirror. Ready.
9: It's bad to single people out for mockery and stigmatization. These are all the values Hollywood liberals claim to hold. So those are values. Claim to hold. I can't tell if they're attacking those three things. Is like. Look at these disgusting jokers on the West Coast.
10: They're calling us names and making generalizations. Yeah. We've never done that.
9: Yeah. Unless that is you support marriage, then apparently all bets are off. You're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you.
10: I won't. But if
9: you already know of the incredible hypocrisy in Hollywood... Please make a donation right now to help NOM counteract their hateful and destructive propaganda aimed at defenders of marriage like us. So essentially, they are totally unaware that this was even a spoof on something that was created to do a lot of harm for people. Like they are not in they think that they're really, not, They're
10: busy. I They've mean, got they, a lot of they they Brian, they haven't updated they have physical files that they have to they, they have they um, e files. all. What do you call those file things? Those cabinets. Like, those, those lateral files? Yeah, they have, they have lateral files. Rolodex. They they have they have they have so much paperwork to do it. So ridiculous. much ridiculous. They don't even have the thing where you can like scan a business card and make no. it go into your computer into Outlook.
9: They're constantly on Rome.
10: Oh, they're constantly on Rome. It's
9: just they can't. Their cell phone bills every month are eight eight thousand dollars. They
10: don't. They're all carrying Star Tax.
9: Yeah. Um, so, essentially, they are taking this video at face value. Like, they made a PSA uh, describing, you know, straight people as disgusting, which it's not true. They're describing anti-gay Homophones. marriage. Exactly. So, um, then the letter goes on. This week, a NOM supporter sent me a mock PSA video narrated by George Takei and featuring two gay actors, Jesse Tyler Ferguson and Brad Goreski, who has a new show on Bravo.
10: Oh, well, so... okay. Hint, hint, everybody. Yeah.
9: I guess, you, you can guess what kind of trash he is. He's
10: on the gay network.
9: The video is produced to promote an organization which gives money to gay marriage initiatives. True. So then they quote, exactly. They uh, quote some of the video. They say, uh, Takei's narration begins as he describes an actor, Dale, who represents a typical supporter of traditional marriage.
10: That's not really what the video says. No. He says he's against homosexual marriage. Exactly.
9: He said, the quote from the video is, what you can't tell about Dale is that he's sick. He opposes marriage equality. Dale looks normal, but he gives off clues of his prejudice with buzzwords like pro-family, traditional marriage, or, and then the letter goes, I'm not able to finish the quotation because it includes an offensive reference to oral sex. Which was what? A blowjob. I I think. Um, uh, and And so... what what really is crazy to me, and I think what the video hit on, is that terms like pro-family and traditional marriage are offensive because it's hiding behind something worse. Hatred. People say pro-family to make their position sound good and make it seem like we're taking care of children. We're promoting healthy relationships. You're not. You're destroying lives by actively campaigning against two people's happiness like two people who love each other and deserve to be together who
10: by the way are standing in the wings ready to adopt all the children that heterosexual people are like too irresponsible or whatever to take care of themselves yeah exactly uneducated that's really unfair because there's people in tough situations but what my point is is that i don't see all these like people who are like Pro whatever I don't want to use their term, but I want like people who are about, like for traditional marriage they're not doing putting anything they're not putting their fucking money where their mouth is and doing anything to help families or do anything that if they're only interested in tearing down,
9: yeah. And so then they, quote, they do another little quote from the, from the video, uh, sort of saying that he's... They, they say, the most important things to remember when dealing with people who don't support marriage equality is to be kind. This is from the video. They're most likely hiding their own homosexuality, uh, which is proven that m- people who are m- the most vocally anti-gay are probably gay.
10: They've done studies where they show people boners, and they get a boner, and that's how science works.
9: But, and science is, is, is bliss. Uh, so, what they say is, the back to the letter, the nom letter says, in other words, Dale is a sick, bigoted, ignorant, drunken, hypocritical fill in the blank. Yes. Yeah.
10: I agree. And right? they
9: say, but you see, the producers of the video want your friends, family, and the rest of society to believe that you are Dale. This video is unbridled hatred and bigotry toward people like you and me who believe in marriage. You don't believe in marriage. You believe Wait, in marriage on very specific terms. I
10: really don't understand how they can recognize the point of, of of portraying Dale in that way, but then be like, but we're not like that. But they recognize they it. They
9: totally like missed the point of this video. They just totally missed the point. Um, they And the letter goes on to say, Uh, some gay marriage activists clearly believe their own propaganda that gay marriage is inevitable. And now they are no longer attempting to hide their loathing and hatred of good people like you and me who simply believe marriage is the unique and special union of husband and wife.
10: Anybody who's like, who, 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 who sits on a platform of hatred and then, and then dares to be offended when someone challenges their own, uh, rhetoric. Yeah. I have one word for that. Hippocrassy. Oh,
9: I thought you were going to say hippopotamus.
10: I wish I would have.
9: Me too. So then he goes on to say, if you are as outraged as I am over this video, please help counteract its desired effect by taking a stand for marriage. He asks again for a donation. Give and, us money. Yep.
10: Give us money to keep the fags from marrying. And
9: they're so pissed. He goes, the three actors involved aren't nobodies. Uh, meaning, they're you know, not nobodies. Yeah, they're famous. Meaning like, Oh, this is really they're spreading the word this isn't good and he says by the
10: way all those people have been on TV shows for a long time
9: exactly we can't afford to let this kind of overt prejudice and bigotry bigotry against good people who believe in marriage become mainstream guess what dude give up the fucking ghost because it's becoming mainstream this is
10: somebody this is happening at a rapid pace Latching on to their little their little hate doll yeah just with with their death grip, with
9: everything they have. The fact that you are, and again, no offense, because I love that video, and I love, obviously, I'm so ha- I'm so proud that Funny or Die made it. But like, you are clutching onto straws at this point. Like, you're,
10: can can I just put something out there? Is it possible in a world that this guy actually, on some level, knows what he's doing? Not, 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 not. not
9: his name's Brian Brown by the way he's the president of Nam I should have mentioned
10: Brian that. Brown do you think Brian Brown was like oh my god this video is going viral what we could do now is hop on the virality of this video and get more donations because we can latch onto the popularity of this thing yeah like it could be a it could be on his end a fucking business move.
9: Oh, of course it is. And I think it's just one of those Instead things.
10: Instead of, like, not getting it, they're like, oh, no, we see how popular this is. That's even worse to me.
9: What's so offensive about it also is that, like, they constantly portray themselves as victims. As if Ugh. anything is being taken away from them. As if anything is happening to them. I mean, it's,
10: it's exactly so like crazy. if you like, my mom's a lot much better about this. But if you used to, like, tell her that you hurt her feelings or something, she would instantly, like, victimize herself. Like I would be like, mom, I really, I, I, wish you wouldn't make fun of how tall I am, and she would be like, I had, I didn't even sleep on a pillow for twelve years. Yeah, like she would do that, and it was like, oh, what, yeah. what, what do I do? I don't know what to do. By, by the way, my mother is a pleasant, wonderful, lovely lady. No, now. my
9: mom used to do the same thing though. Like I would be like, you know, it really like, pissed me off that whatever, you know, whatever it was, and she'd be like, all right, well, you know what, I'm, I'm probably gonna leave your father. So <laughs> and it was just like, what? How did we go there? How did this happen? I, not only do I not How want we to talk be about, about it, me and then you in a flash. But that's
10: what they do. It's like I masterful.
9: Know. It really is masterful.
8: Uh, Good news out of Minnesota. The Minnesota Senate approved marriage equality last night in a 37 to 30 vote. Now, you will recall that for the 2012 elections, Republicans forced a referendum onto the ballot in Minnesota saying that they would write into the Constitution... They would add a constitutional amendment that would have banned same-sex marriage. Not only did that ballot fail, it also led to new Democratic majorities in both houses in the Minnesota state legislature because it brought out more progressive voters. This is the most instructive or the perfect, uh, I think, illustration of how marriage equality has changed from a, an advantage for Republicans to a liability. In 2004, ballots like this were placed on about 15 states, I think, around the country. It was a way in which the Republicans brought out a lot of conservative voters to help George Bush uh, win the 2004 election to the extent that he did. And now we see these same referendums bringing about Democratic majorities. And then what are we now? Six months later, the state Senate approves marriage equality. The governor is expected to sign the bill. And starting August 1st in Minnesota, there will be marriage equality. Uh, so, congratulations to Minnesota. Well done. You have joined uh, Delaware and Rhode Island in just this month alone, passing uh, marriage equality. So, we've moved into, well, really, we've moved into the 20th century. But, you know, so you do it about 10, 15 years too late. What are you going to do?
4: All my love, all my kissing, you don't know what you've been missing, oh boy. you with me, oh boy. The world can see that you were man for me.
8: Hi, I'm Sam Cedar. You may know me from my shows on Air America Radio, from filling in for Keith Olbermann on Countdown, or even, God forbid, my directing shows like Comedy Central's I'm With Busey. If not, you should really get to know me. Not personally, of course. I think we'd both find that uncomfortable. But if you're a fan of the best of the left, like me, I think you'll enjoy my daily live show and podcast, The Majority Report, at Majority.fm. It's a daily dose of political news, analysis, and guests like Chris Hayes, Robert Reich, Digby. Comedians like Mark Marin, Janine Garofalo. Filmmakers like Morgan Spurlock and Lucy Walker. And on occasion, between my rants on raising taxes, ending wars, and decorporatizing our democracy, I can be mildly amusing. I'm unbought and unbossed daily on the majority report at majority.fm.
4: All my love, all my kissing. You don't know what you've been missing, oh boy. You know and me.
11: Minnesota has just legalized same-sex marriage. Governor Mark Dayton has signed the legislation, which means that gay marriage will be recognized in Minnesota. Gay people can get married in Minnesota. It is the 12th state in the U.S. to do this. So, of course, this is happy news. It should be celebrated. But I go back to the argument of, I can't believe there are only 12 states in the U.S. that have legalized same-sex marriage.
12: I can't believe any gay people would want to get married in Minnesota.
11: How dare you? <laughs> so Marcus Bachman can finally divorce Michelle Bachman. Yeah, you know, what he's been to do oh all
13: my God! You are—he is in the wrong state now to pray the gay away. There's the True. gayers; gays are going to be flocking there now. But he loves it. That Maybe he's in the right state. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so,
11: I love this. I think this is great. Obviously, it's great news, right? And it shows that there are great strides in the gay community, yeah. and they're pushing. They're fighting hard. Um, this is uh, by the, way, the first going, state. I'm, go-
12: I'm going to Minneapolis by choice next week. For are my, you? Uh, for next month for my oh. friends' baseball trip. So I. I take it back.
11: Yeah, I'm just sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. Are you worried that like some uh,
13: Minnesotans are gonna? I just know how people get like super
12: time. upset. Like you're joking. They're gonna be
13: like, "Hey, Ben Mankiewicz, you are a jerk," and I got a few words for you. By God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's gonna sound so adorable. You're gonna want to pet him on the head. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
12: by the way, when I go, we go to Minneapolis. We'll probably stay at a Radisson because you know it's good. <laughs>
13: All right. But when you said about, you know, how yeah. you can't believe there's only 12 states, I obviously I agree with you. But I think 12 is a pretty great number. I mean, that's We're just knocking them down right and left. I mean, it's baby steps, but they're
11: really going in the right direction. I think so, too. And, I mean, think about how far Minnesota has come in, like, one year, for instance. Like, a year ago, people would think, like, no way Minnesota is going to pass same-sex marriage. I mean, we have all these states in the U.S. right now that have passed, uh, you know, amendments banning same-sex marriage. So in those states, you have to get past that hurdle before you can actually have... You know, state legislators vote on whether or not same-sex marriage is legal. Well, hopefully,
12: the uh, Supreme Court is going to take a big chunk out of all those amendments when they rule on Prop 8 in California. I have a feeling that they're going to rule specifically to California, Mm. but they have an opportunity here to literally lay down the law and say, "No, you can't." No no state constitutional ban on gay marriage Mm -hmm. uh, will live. I I don't think they're going to do that. But
13: how can there be a man? whose sole job is to pray the gay away mm-hmm. and not have it overly abundantly clear that he's gay.
11: Yeah, I think it's overly abundantly okay. clear that he's gay. Well, like I mean, just by his, like, wave alone. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's done. Thank you. Yeah.
12: On Hello Alone. You know, when I worked in uh, Miami, as uh, where Jenk and I met in Miami when I was working down there and he came aboard, uh, I did a story on Exodus International, oh. which was the first if not the first, among the first organizations to sort of, you know, get the gay out. Right. And I went to it was a really good story, and I went, one of my best stories, and I went and I sat with like a group of five guys with their leader, and the guy who led it seemed, I mean, he had been gay, and he seemed still still super gay. Um, But then the tragedy was like one of the guys might have convinced you, maybe, but like the guys were so sad, you know. Yeah. And so I asked them, you know, do you still have urges? And you know, one guy's know the they're like, nope, God told me not to, and I don't. <laughs> yeah,
14: I don't. I love my wife. I'm have sex with her hard, you know. <laughs>
12: um, but then the sad
11: and funny. At the I same just time. remember
12: one of the guys who was just like, yeah, no, I totally, I still have urges all the time, and I just have to overcome them. And I just oh, sort of, it's you so know, sad. you know, and I can't. It's really been hard for me. Says so, I've been unable to find a lasting relationship because I still have these urges, but I know. I want to keep trying and oh. you know, and you just want to be like God I will totally do you right now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh
13: <okay>. that's <laughs> mighty nice of you, right? Yeah, now. Sure.
12: yeah. Well sure, so you know.
13: Compassionate. <laughs> yeah, totally. And yeah. and then you hear about they, they you know, these gay men being paired up with gay women and
12: oh, yeah. go. Right. Have sex. Right. What? Like
13: wh- who who's willing to make the first move on this?
12: Yeah, right. It's gonna be very
13: Hello. Hello. Yeah. Oh, am <laughs> I pregnant? Yeah. Did I feel a kick? <laughs> Are you in
2: me? <laughs>
3: I call this straight rights watch, that straight people, you need to know that the anti-gay religious right, these organizations like Family Research Council and the American Family Association, they have an anti-straight agenda, too. They're not just going to stop if and when they successfully manage to shove all queer people back into their closets and end gay marriage, wherever it's been legalized, and da da da. They have an anti-straight agenda which they've sort of laid their cards on the table in the last 18 months, two years. They want to ban birth control. They want to ban abortion. Uh, there's a move now to make divorce harder to get. And last week, Pat Fagan, yes, Pat Fagan, F-A-G-A-N, Pat Fagan, senior fellow at the American Family Association, he said this, condemning the 1972 Supreme Court ruling that overturned the ban on selling contraceptives to unmarried people To young, single, straight people, he said it's not just the contraception. Everybody thinks it's about contraception. But what this court case said was that young people have the right to engage in sex outside of marriage. Society never gave young people that right. And this is where it gets interesting. Functioning societies don't do that. They stop it. They punish it. They corral people. They shame people. They do whatever. The institution... The expression of sexuality is marriage, and all societies always shepherd young people there. What the Supreme Court said was, forget that shepherding. Listen to that. Functioning societies don't do that. They stop it. They punish it. They punish premarital sex. They punish single people who have sex. You know what? The only functioning societies I'm aware of, and I wouldn't call them functioning very much, that do that, Saudi Arabia and Iran. Yemen. Afghanistan. This is when... Left wingers, when, call us daily calls, when we call these people the American Taliban, we fucking mean it. Iran? Single, unmarried people who get caught holding hands? Much less having premarital sex? Flogged? Publicly flogged? Thrown into prison? Saudi Arabia? Beheaded? This is the kind of society that the American Taliban fantasizes about. And then hypocritically turns around and complains about Sharia. Creeping Sharia. They're the creeps who want to introduce Sharia to America. Not Muslims. Christians. They want to bring Sharia here. They look at Saudi Arabia. They look at young straight people being flogged and they see a functioning society. The American Family Association. They're not just the enemy of the queers. They're your enemies too. Man. Uh-huh.
5: Back on the show is an old friend of the show, John Becker. He is an LGBT activist, also managing editor of the Balearico Project. John, I had probably 10 or 15 people, including people that don't directly know you, just people who watch my show, send me your article about 78-year-old Dominique Venner. Tell us who Dominique Venner is, was, and kind of what's transpired in the last couple of days.
15: Well, uh, Dominique Venner uh, is a well-known. Uh, he's, he's well-known in France. He's a French essayist, um, a right-wing activist, and from everything I've read, a, a far-right traditionalist Catholic. Uh, he's also a former member of a paramilitary group that um, waged a bombing and assassination campaign in the early sixties uh, because they were upset that France was going to grant Algeria its independence. So he's he's a long-time right-wing uh, activist, uh, I guess, well-known and, and and respected in that in the right-wing. Um, quote-unquote intellectual community in France. So yesterday, uh, Mr. Venner went to the Cathedral of Notre-Dame, which, you know, the iconic cathedral that everyone knows. It's France's number one uh, tourist destination, so it's it's a major world landmark. He went to the cathedral, went up to the, to the altar, and uh, shot himself in the mouth in front of hundreds of tourists. And uh, he did this just after posting uh, a, a, a note on his blog. It was a, a homophobic and Islamophobic note on his blog basically talking about how, you know, how, how awful and impossible the marriage equality law, the new marriage equality law was. And, um, you know, he, he, he said it, it was kind of a stream of consciousness thing where he said that he read this Algerian blogger that said that if the Islamists get into power in France, they'll overturn the law, but that would also be bad because I don't like Islam. Um, but he said, you know, he he, he ended with saying, you know, uh, that, uh, that, 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 that this fight... Will require new spectacular and symbolic actions to wake up the sleepwalkers. And he said, "This final second of our lives is important as the rest of our lives." So he really kind of foreshadowed his what he was about to do.
5: So basically, so th- to, to to essentially sum up, he doesn't. He's he's anti-gay and he's also anti-Muslim. Right. He wrote that as angry as he is about the 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 um, uh, growth of equality. He is also upset because he thinks the only way to stop that would be if Muslims stop it, and he also doesn't like Muslims. So then he says, We need something grand, something of, at a new level to turn this around. And then after leaving that note, he kills himself, presumably under the impression that that is the big thing that would stifle equality?
15: That's, you know, as. <clears throat> As far as I know, they, ha- they haven't uncovered anything new about, about what his intentions might be. So that's the best that they have to go by. And that's why a lot of uh, international sources were reporting that, um, that it, his gesture more than likely had to do with um, a protest of marriage equality. And also, one of the reasons that leads people to believe that is because Nostradam um, was a focal point in the protests uh, against marriage equality, as the law was making its way through the French parliamentary system, the French Catholic Church was very, very vocal in their opposition. Uh, so, you know, it, it was a highly symbolic choice um, of of a venue to, to to kill yourself. And and not
5: only that, I mean, people may not understand this is this is a this is a tourist location in many in many senses, and there were hundreds of people there. This would be like if people were at. I don't know at the at the Lincoln Memorial, and all of a sudden, somebody goes up there and, in protest of something, kills themselves by shooting themselves in the mouth. This is this is a huge public spectacle that this guy made of himself.
15: Absolutely, I mean, you know, and, and I guess the evacuation was orderly, but but people started screaming. It was it was quite the the frightening thing, as you can imagine. Um, yeah. You know, going out in front of hundreds of people, but apparently, you know, this this man was so he, he had to have been a troubled individual uh, to start out with. Yeah he was just he was just so upset by the the thought that uh, same-sex couples would be able to get to to happily marry each other that he just couldn't bear to live in a world where that was the case
5: what's you know this is obviously a tragic story in the sense that now his family and everyone who knew him who presumably liked them in spite of his views uh... now has to deal with this loss but the other thing is earlier this week and i'd be curious to get your thought on this we, I don't remember what story we were talking about. We were talking about a very—I think it was actually the shooting in New York City that we were talking about, um, where uh, a, um, a gay man was was shot after being stalked uh, by by a 33-year-old individual. And I said to myself, you know, I understand that some people, for religious reasons, think homosexuality is wrong, but it's hard for me to imagine being so angry that it exists that you just go out and shoot gay people. I find it much more plausible that somebody who is gay but is not comfortable with that and is living a life where they can't admit that, they would be angry that somebody else has the freedom to live life the way they want to. I just kind of stream of consciousness said that. And we heard now, we've gotten two voicemails, one from a member of the military who said, I am I'm a lesbian and because of how I had to live when I was in Iraq, when I came back." I hated gay people. I was angry with gay people because of how they were able to live. When you read this story, John, do you think of that type of line of reasoning? I mean, what strikes you about it?
15: I think that could certainly be a possibility. You know, as you pointed out, it's quite often the case. You know, we've seen so many high-profile homophobes over the past, you know, decades right. um that have, you know, been subsequently busted, you know, trying to hook up with men. So there really is, and they've done they've done studies that show that in many cases the most outspokenly homophobic men are the ones who are the most aroused by gay imagery. Right. So you know, I really do think that there is a lot to that, and it could be a very strong possibility that Mr. Venner may have had some, you know, maybe he was bisexual, or maybe he was just he was never able to explore that part of his life and and and, and took it out on. Took it out on, on on himself by taking his life um, as a result of his homophobic hatred. I think there's there's also a lot of internalized homophobia in the Catholic Church hmm. among the like hierarchy. So I, I yeah I really do think that there the elements of internalized homophobia could very well play a part here.
5: Well, it's a disturbing story and tragic nonetheless. Uh, we've been speaking with John Becker, managing editor of the Balerico Project, LGBT activist. John, great reporting on this, and uh, great to have you back on the show today.
15: Thanks, David, it's been a pleasure as always.
1: While in Paris the city awakes to the bells of Notre Dame. The fisherman fishes, the prey and fakes to the bells of Notre Dame, to the big bells as
2: loud as the thunder, to the little bells soft as a swarm. And some say the soul of the city is the toll of the bells
11: big news today uh, regarding the boy scouts it turns out that they have voted 61 to 36 to allow gay youths in the boy scouts now as you guys know they've been kind of playing around with this idea for some time because of the criticism that they've gotten from celebrities and other actors and other public figures Um, so as a result they decided to take a vote and the results of the vote ended up being great. They are going to accept uh, gay boys into the boy scouts, but there is one exception. Uh gay scout leaders are not permitted under any circumstance. Maybe that'll change at some point.
6: I you were going to say there is one exception. They can't be too gay.
11: Like I mean, <laughs> they can use the word fabulous. Right, you can't yeah. be
6: flamboyant or anything yeah. like that. That's a bit much. Uh no, I'm amused by this compromise because uh we've got uh, them saying like gay boys are fine, gay men. Whoa, take it easy, take it easy, brother. Yeah, it's a bridge too far.
11: So I don't know what their reasoning is behind that, but I feel like uh, the you know the officials at the Boy Scouts have no. Uh, reason to pass judgment, especially when they've been battling their own skeletons, like the perversion files. We did a very long story on that. I mean, there were uh, many, many instances where Boy Scouts were sexually abused within um, the organization, and rather than going to authorities about it, they would just file reports and they would keep those reports in, you know, internally, but they never did anything about it. Nothing ever happened to those people that would uh, sexually assault these boys.
6: I mean, we should have known it all along. You know, between Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts are Weeblos. Kind of a dead giveaway. <laughs> dead giveaway.
11: <laughs> All right. So uh, some good news with the Boy Scouts. Hopefully, uh, they'll they'll evolve a little more and uh, allow gay scout leaders.
4: Can I can I ask a uh, JR question? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. I don't care if they're gay. I don't care if they're straight. I'm not leaving my kid with any any dude. I'm just not going to do it. That's I, not
11: really a question. It's a statement. Okay,
4: but I mean, like, my question is coming if you didn't cut me off. And <laughs> <it> goes, <laughs> what are you, Obama? <laughs> I, ma'am, I'm getting to
11: that.
4: I'm getting to <laughs> that. I like your passion. It's, it's what's needed in this country. <laughs> no, <but> like, <laughs> I mean, the question is, I don't know. I feel like no one's talking about it. Am I crazy? Like, the whole idea of the Boy Scouts in the first place was off limits to me. Like, is that... Is that weird? That's the question. You can go now.
11: <laughs> so th- the only thing I would say to that is, I mean, you can't just shut down an entire organization based on, you know, JR's someone else's paranoia. Parano- but by, by the way, I'm not, I'm not just saying, oh, JR's par- uh, paranoid. And I'm brushing that. Well, but I don't want to com- shut down the organization. Just, no, no, just no, I know. But like, what are you going to do if, if you're a parent and you don't want your kids to join the Boy Scouts? That's your right. Like, I wouldn't want my kids to join the Boy Scouts or go to like church camp or any of that kind of stuff. You're not staying overnight anywhere. You Uh, mean so? Yeah, sorry. I'm a little
6: worried about that. I go the other way on that question. I mean, look, first of all, I was a Weeblow. And now I'm allowed uh, to be. Anyway, so, no, seriously, uh, I was a Cub Scout, and then I graduated Weeblow, and then I got stuck. I I couldn't get past Weeblowing.
2: Um, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, got it, We got (laughs)
7: it, (laughs) yeah.
6: But, so, it's a little antiquated. We did, like, wood carving. It was a little dorky. But you know what? I had a positive experience, we did a lot of different things, you know, we'd get together and... I don't know, I had good positive moments out of it, and I don't want to take that away. Not only, I know Jay isn't saying bad, and Bannon, none of us are saying that, but... W- so, would I have my son do that? I mean, it seems a little 1955, but if you're just saying, like, uh, go to camp, for example... Not a religious camp, obviously, I'm mean, agnostic, but like like, fun summer camp with all the guys... Yeah, I mean I never got to go to summer camp and I always wanted to go to summer camp. I don't wanna deny that for my kids. I feel like yeah, I mean look, don't get me wrong, I'm gonna sit down the all the counselors and stuff and I'm gonna regulate. And, and you um, got to
11: sit down with your kid and tell him, look, he, here's something that some adults might try to do, and if they do, you immediately come to me, you immediately go to the cops, you don't let them do it. Yeah, and you got to be, be absolutely clear
6: with your yeah. kids, absolutely, you just got to have that conversation, and then let the counselors know, I'm going to start with your pinky, I'm going to work my way up if there's any kind of issues, yeah. okay? So first you'll be
4: Ronnie Lot, and then you'll be missing several limbs, that's all.
13: Yeah.
6: But and I mean, now have a fun camp.
4: Yeah, and, and I guess the reason I brought up is because I think people when you when Anna mentioned the fact that um, scout leaders aren't allowed to be gay, yet, people think, oh yeah, because if there's gay scout leaders, they're totally gonna sexually assault the boys. Because that's the first thought that comes. So my thought was, why do why would we think that just because they're gay? I think that because I don't know these bastards. You mm-hmm. know, that's just right. the first thought rather than because I, I think that's where people's minds go, and I don't know if that gets brought up. Specifically. Yeah, I mean.
6: Well, they had all that molestation in the Boy Scouts when they didn't allow gays, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, that cuts in a lot of different directions, but same thing with the uh, Catholic Church. Oh, gays, it's unacceptable. We don't allow that, uh, except for all the gay priests or or, or pedophile priests, mm-hmm. to more accurately, that went after girls and boys. So watch out for the organizations that don't allow gays in some ways because there's a lot of pent-up nonsense in those organizations and a lot of secrets.
14: Hey Jay, how's it going? Chris from Colorado Springs. Hey, um, first of all, you are not incidental to this show. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one who appreciates your insight and uh, your thoughtfulness that you have before you comment on um, idiots like me's voicemails and on the content of the show. I, I appreciate that, and I think your idea for the bonus show is great. I'm really glad to remember. Second of all, this whole George Bush Library, thing. When this happened like a month ago or whatever, I was cracking up, but your show really made me think of something. You know. We have fiction and nonfiction you know, literature print, you know, and, and people know the difference between The Onion, The New York Post, and, say, The Nation. You know, there's they're kind of categories and subcategories of, of that kind of, of media. And I'm wondering, do they have to do, like, a movie, like, based on a true story? Like, I mean, because I, I guess the whole idea of that Bush Library and Decision Central or whatever the hell, I mean, it's based on a true story, but they're, they're lies. Isn't there something, some kind of legal? I know the First Amendment, yada, 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 but I mean, if you're presenting something as a fact and it's not a fact, uh, I'm not a legal expert. Maybe somebody out there is. This, it's, I know it's not slander or libel, but is this false misrepresentation of, of factual events? Can they be bent down on this shit? Because I don't. I can only imagine you know, groups of elementary school kids where I work, I work at an elementary school, and going to that kind of library and being presented like, this is the way it happened when it's bullshit. That's not the way it happened. And I just don't know if there's any kind of legal recourse and if any lawyers or UJ or anybody who's a lot smarter than me can figure that out, that's great. Anyway, her
16: Hey, Jay, it's Wade from Texas. I was listening to the uh, the show about the, the you know the prison system and all that. And I may be a little late to the party here, but's been extraordinarily busy lately, so forgive me. But the one thing I've, I've always heard about the prison system is about how we have to change the prison system because it's it's inadequate and all this. And I agree, it is. Uh, but that's not really what I wanted to talk about. What I see is the bigger problem is the employers, okay, because these guys, they go to prison, and now they're convicted felons, and now they got to check a damn box every time they fill out a job application saying, are you a felon? Well, yes, they are. They have to check that box. Well, you know as well as I do that you give an employer a reason not to hire you, and by God, they're going to take it, right? So, to me, if you paid your debt to society, then you shouldn't have to check a box that says you're a felon. I know there are some things that can be convoluted when you throw, you know, child molesters and... Uh, you know, various other crimes in there. I understand that. Like, you wouldn't want a guy that was convicted of bank fraud working in a bank. I get that. So, you know, there's some, you could iron that out. But to me, every sentence turns into a life sentence when you have to check that box. I mean, there may not be a, a life sentence in prison, but still, it's, it really devalues them because they can never find a decent job. or for the most part, they can't. And then what do you expect they're going to do? Go back to what they were doing before. You know, that's why we have such high reincarceration rates. I just think that the bigger issue is is the job market for these guys, not necessarily the prison system itself. I just didn't hear that really uh, brought up, and I just want to throw my two cents on it. So appreciate it, Jay. Have a good one.
17: Hey, Jake. It's a conservative here. About Mark Sanford, uh, I just don't get it either. Uh, unless, I mean, if you're turning from your wicked ways to Jesus and, and, you know, going the other way, the opposite way, then I get it. Second chances. But to just basically wipe the slate and say, uh, now everything I've done wrong, I'm going to go ahead and double down and marry her and all that. Uh, <laughs> I don't get it. It must be something to do with the whole war between... Republicans and the Democrats, and it all comes down to numbers and votes and how many you have in the Congress and the Senate and all that in the House. You know, if if you're thinking long-term, the big game, then you're probably holding your nose and thinking, oh, Sanford. I don't know. You'd have to talk to uh, the people who voted for him, but uh, that's one other thought, anyway, that I thought I'd bring up. Doing good work, though. Don't agree a lot of times, but uh, enjoy the free marketplace of ideas. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks to the volunteers who helped gather clips to make this show possible. And thanks to all those who called into the voicemail line. If you would like to leave a comment, question, or activist call to action yourself to be played on the show, the number to dial is 202-999-3991. So there was one other person who actually called in and left a message uh, for the show. and That was Rachel from Boston. But unfortunately, her message had a lot of static on it. Otherwise, I would have happily played it for you. Uh, But I'll, I'll summarize and and respond to it and then I'll actually I'll stick the message at the very very end I mean you can understand what she's saying but it's there's you know there's static and if you want to skip over it I, I wouldn't blame you so she is you know native of Boston obviously and she's calling in response to one of the Boston bombing episodes and one segment of it in particular it was uh, Sam Cedar who's also uh, you know native of Massachusetts spent a lot of time in Boston Went to law school in Boston, and uh, and in this clip of his, he sort of like talks elegantly and and lovingly of Boston and his time there and his connection there, and then talks about the bombing and and his reaction to that, and then his thoughts about how you know he he had the realization that you know yesterday I you know essentially just I, I talked about how fifty people were killed in Iraq and then you know and then moved on and didn't think much else of it and and Rachel's point if you know if I dare to try to sum it up was you know a- as a caring empathetic person you know she cares about people dying in other countries But when something happens in, you know, your own city, your own people, and, you know, people are killed and maimed, you know, that's not the time to be, uh, you know, to have someone sort of shaking their finger at you saying, you know, hey, like, take a look at the bigger perspective. And, uh, it just so happens that my girlfriend is also a native of Boston. Uh, I played the clip from Sam Cedar for her because it was part of another conversation we were having. I said, "Oh, I like this is an interesting, uh, you know, perspective on on the Boston bombing." L- you know, let me play it for you. Let me hear what you think. And she responded in the exact same way that Rachel from Boston did. And so, I've already had this conversation once, and I'll will t- tell you what I told my girlfriend at the time was, you know, I I, I think that that the perspective is. Entirely understandable, you know. Very, you know, t- to not understand that perspective would be incredibly callous. You know, th- to understand that yes, you wouldn't, uh, you know, for instance, go up to someone from Boston on the day or the day after the bombing and say, "Hey, like, come on, ch- cheer up, it's not so bad. Look at how many people died in Iraq. You know, it's it's uh, not not the way you, you want to go, really." But I didn't interpret the clip. From Sam Seeker that way. I, I understand that interpretation, but I thought that, you know, at least his intention was not to, you know, scold anyone from Boston or, or anyone who felt bad about Boston, but to use it as an opportunity to take a look at the bigger picture. And, you know, and so Sam was doing it on his show. He wasn't doing it on a Boston street corner. He was doing it on his show, which by its very nature, being on on the internet, is an international program. So he was talking sort of to everyone saying, hey, when stuff hits close to home, it hurts a lot. And it hurts a lot more than when things happen elsewhere. But since we're hurt by this right now, understandably, let's take a minute to try to remind ourselves as we should always try to remind ourselves to be more empathetic of those uh, who have tragedies inflicted on them that don't directly impact us aren't in our towns and cities you know aren't our friends and and neighbors being hurt and so i agree with rachel that that the idea that you would you know actually scold someone and say Hey, you know your your feelings are sort of unfounded because the Boston bombing really wasn't as bad as you know some other terrorist acts uh, in in other countries. You know that's that's not what you want to do. That's not the approach you want to take. As as I I say about lots of issues and lots of different scenarios, you want to talk to people where they are. And if you want to get someone in Boston to be more empathetic of you know people's uh, plights elsewhere. You might want to wait for another day to do that, and that's essentially what Rachel said about it. Was I'll, I'll care about it, but on another day. Give me this day to care about my own city, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's any argument. I don't think Sam would give any argument on that. And so, of course, neither of us know. You know, I didn't talk to Sam about this before uh, before responding to Rachel, but I just want to put my uh, my thoughts out there you know, we after the Boston bombing, we moved right on. You know, the conversation on the show moved right on to cameras and surveillance and whatnot. And you know, we didn't languish too much in the emotional responses to the issue, but you know, that's one response that I thought uh, deserved some airtime and uh, and uh, you know, a response of my own so that's it for today thanks everyone for listening if you're not already subscribed to the show there are lots of ways to do it uh, subscribe on iTunes or use the RSS feed wherever you subscribe to podcasts and there's even a variety of great smartphone apps including Stitcher and Best of Left actually has its own app made uh, specifically for the show which is available on iPhone and Android as well uh, thanks also and especially to those who support the show by becoming a member or making one-time donations of course members now uh, get bonus content more stuff like this uh, you know extra voicemails extra for commentary extra behind the scenes stories that sort of thing uh there's members only phone line all sorts of great stuff going on so when you sign up uh, you'll receive information on how to access all of that if you think you're already a member please get in contact with me so that i can give you that information directly and of course memberships can be signed up for at the membership tab at bestofleft.com
1: it's black and white you took apart a picture that wasn't right
2: Pitch burning on a shining sheet The only maker that you want to meet A diamond in a living
1: room the shadow bases the floor will take you out
13: Hi, Jay. This is Rachel from Boston again. One of the things that I realized we're probably past now and you're not touching on again because now we're at police state and the media is the fact that right after the Boston bombing, it did affect my hometown. One of the things that blew up all over Twitter and Facebook was people talking about how this many people died in Afghanistan and Iraq today. And I understand that after a major event in America, people want to talk about international tragedies. And I understand that we are a First World Nation and we're very self-involved, but I think that it's upsetting, especially after one of our major hubs gets hit, that people want to call us out for being self-involved. Because when a school gets hit, let's talk about Sandy Hook, let's go back, let's talk about Columbine, no one looks at, oh, Afghanistan because those are our children. I mean, do you want to look at... And why are we talking even about Afghanistan or Iraq? I mean, nobody said, oh, this many people died of AIDS in Africa today. I mean, let's take a global perspective. If you want to look at third world nations, let's look at all of them. How many people died of malaria that day? It's pissing me off that I'm getting reamed out for being upset that the day this many people got hurt in my city, I'm a third generation Bostonian, I am not allowed to be offended that people are just throwing out numbers about other countries that we chose to go into when we're attacked by some angry psychopath, and that's not fair. I mean, I've traveled abroad to Africa and done work there, humanitarian work there, and I'd love to know how many people died of malaria in Africa the day of April 15th, but it's not what people are talking about. People are talking about how many people died in a war that we started. I don't care. Frankly, I care on any other day, just not on April 15th, where runners in a marathon that the city cherishes were blown up by two crazy people. Thanks, Jay. I love your show.